welcome to the Destination Begin podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Smith. I've lost over 250 pounds. I've started my life over multiple times and managed to find humor, lessons, and joy in the process. And now I'm here sharing those stories with you. Thanks for joining me. Hi, hi. Welcome to the episode. I'm recording this for YouTube. It's very exciting. I decided to put these podcasts not only on Anchor and Spotify and iTunes, but also video them so that they're on YouTube. So this is going to be an interesting experience. I had done it once before just using my phone. I wasn't quite sure how I wanted to do it. That wasn't so terrific for the video quality. So trying some other things. So here we go. Uh, hopefully the quality is the same for those of you who listen in podcast world. But for those of you who like to watch the person that's talking to you, you're welcome. So uh, today on the episode, I'm going to talk a little bit about this really interesting experience that I had today. I'm doing this podcast right away because this is a fresh experience and I want to share it with you. There's one thing that I say often. There's lots of things I say often, but One of the things that I say often is that there are so many things that go on in life that we do as human beings that people don't talk about. And these are things that people are naturally curious about. For example, when I get my lips injected, nobody wants to talk about things like lip injections or Botox or plastic surgery. And I'm like, why? If you've known me for more than two years, you know, I bought these. (laughs) I had no lips. God got busy with Angelina Jolie. He ran out of lips and I got the remnants. And so I like having bigger lips. So I pay to have them filled up. And I don't understand why we don't talk about this. Like I'm not going to walk around pretending like, oh no, they just grew. Turned 40 and my lips were like, wow, it's time to grow. No. So that's just one example. Uh, the The biggest example I think was when I had my plastic surgeries. There were just a lot of people that were hesitant to even ask me if I had something done, which is like, uh, yeah, I had a lot of things done. You're not wrong. (laughs) So the thing that I experienced today was hypnosis. Now, uh, that word might freak people out. It freaked me out uh, for a long time because if you've been raised in any kind of religious environment, it's, uh, it's talked about a lot as something that's evil and terrible. In fact, I was told point blank many times, uh, without any explanation, don't let anyone hypnotize you. Don't ever let anyone hypnotize you. And don't look someone in the eye that you're not sure of because they could hypnotize you by looking at you. So I had this, I mean, that's just what was told to me amongst a lot of other things that I have found were, you know, not true for me or not true period. Um, And so recently in my life, I've just been open to new ideas and I've been doing a lot of work exploring my own heart and soul and mind and understanding kind of what I'm made of and the power that's in the universe and what it means for me. So lots of these ideas have been presented to me lately and um, I'm in a place where I wanna explore and I wanna learn. And so um, backing up a little bit, a couple of weeks ago, I had been sitting with my friend and we were talking and the course of our conversation turned to love and dating and um, my friend and I both have said, you know, I say, I don't date. Uh, it's not something that I do. I'm not interested. I'm busy. And, um, you know, being here in Miami, starting new businesses, it's like, no, I don't date. I mean, I've been on dates, 
but I'm not looking to find a relationship and I've been very closed off. I've dabbled a little bit here and there and it's always just been like my whole system just catches on fire basically is how I describe it. Um, I freak out or it just feels really, really uncomfortable. Um, it feels futile. I mean, it's really, really hard to meet people that you click with much less in a short amount of time. I don't have time to go on a bunch of dates. Anyway, um, I've just always said, no, I don't date. And, um, and this conversation, it, it just kind of turned and all of a sudden I realized that I, I, I do, I do want to find a love again. And it was the first time that I'd ever opened myself up to the idea that I did want that. For some reason, I just hadn't even admitted it to myself. And in that moment, my friend said, why? And I started crying. I mean, I ugly cried. And I just said, because I can't bear the thought of another heartbreak. And all of a sudden, all of this sadness just poured out of me that I didn't even realize was there. When I um, left my second husband, I've talked about him on the podcast as G, but I'll call him his name now, Greg. Um, let's call a spade a spade. Let's call it Greg a Greg. Um, it was important that I hurry up and set up a new life. And so when I left, it was all about the speed of getting out of the situation, getting on my own, standing on my own two feet and feeling like I'd be okay. And when I did that, the momentum of that just continued and I started to feel empowered by that and I just kind of ran with my life. And my life blew up in amazing ways. I mean, I had my plastic surgeries. Um, my job got amazingly more productive. Um, I started really growing my coaching business. Um, I got my, did 75 hard. I got my personal training certification. Um, and then I started dating Randy and had a lovely, wonderful relationship. Then I moved to Miami and um, broke up with Randy and here I am single and everything is great. Living my best life, quit my day job, running a boot camp, building another business. Everything is amazing, truly. So here I am sitting next door at my friend's house, sobbing, sobbing, realizing that in all of that, I never stopped to let myself be sad because it's really sad what happened. It's really sad. Um, I even I did a podcast about it where I talked about what happened. Um, and I feel like I've done a good job processing it as far as like, I'm not bitter. I'm not angry. Um, Greg and I have a really great relationship. Uh, we're good friends. We share our dog. Um, Greg is healthy and happy. I'm healthy and happy. Um, we both recognize that we were lucky to have a beautiful relationship, a beautiful love. We really, we really did. Um, but it's really sad. Um, I was convinced that he was my happily ever after. And he was the prize at the end of a long road of painful experiences. He was my happy ending. And I went all in. And it was so joyful. And then it was very, very traumatic. And then it was over. And that's very sad. But instead of letting myself be sad, it was, I'm okay. I'm fine. I'm fine. And I was fine on the surface. And I had to do that in order to move forward. I couldn't sit in the sadness and move forward. And I really did need to move forward. So there's no faulting me for it. But the thing is, is that pain, it doesn't just go away. It's there. And it was lurking. And all of a sudden, it started bubbling up. 
and I spent the next few days just sad and it would just come out of nowhere and all of a sudden I found myself grieving my marriage grieving my stepkids grieving being a wife and having a home and um, my wife gave me strong I'm a good wife I love 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 being a wife I love having a family I loved I loved having a family and it's very sad that it had to end and also at that time I lost uh, my my family it was very difficult the whole situation was very difficult and um, I didn't speak to my family for a while um, and so I lost my husband my stepkids my mom my dad my sister um, just bam and I was okay I was okay everything was fine and it was but now all the sadness came bubbling up and I didn't really know what to do with it and I don't like it I don't like being sad I'm happy I love being happy and I'm naturally happy and so it was like oh what's going on and so over the past couple of weeks it's just been blowing up out of me um I recorded a little little mini episode I was at the beach on Sunday running class happy I love running beach boot camp it's so joyful but there was two sisters working out together and I saw them and said something to them about them being sisters and this deep sadness just came out of me and my soul was making these sad whimpering sounds and it was just so alarming where is this coming from why is this all of a sudden coming up so a couple of weeks back a really amazing gentleman had come up to boot camp and um joined us for a class he lives nearby he is um a reiki a reiki specialist i don't really know what the title is but he has a center and he does reiki um, and hypnosis among other things and I said, you know, tell me about that. The only thing I've known about hypnosis is the things in cartoons where their eyeballs spin and you're getting sleepy. And, and then I was told, never let anybody hypnotize you. And um, he explained it to me uh, right there on the beach, just saying, you know, our subconscious is full of these little files. And when things happen in our childhood and in our past, we write data to these little files. And hypnosis is simply an opportunity to get into a deep, relaxed state and allow a new data file to be put in and and it's it's rewires your memory of something so essentially it's like pulling out a paper you wrote in college 20 years later and saying "Hmm, this is a good paper but I'm gonna add some information and revise some of this and you do that and then put it back and I'm like all right that sounds interesting uh, when can I do this because right now I'm having all this sadness and I really, really like for you to dig it out and throw it away. <laughs> and so set up a session, two hours for a hypnosis. And I was like, I'm going in with an open mind. I want to find out where this sadness is coming from. And I also want to deal with this situation that I have with food. So I'm a food coach. I teach people how to conquer their lizard brain. I teach people how to make the decision that serves them and not the compulsive lies of the lizard brain saying we must eat, we must have treats, we must have whatever we want, whatever we want. Um, but I still fight that, especially at nighttime or especially after a big event. When things get quiet, my instinct is to reach for food and I'm tired of it. <laughs> I know how to fight it, I know how to win. I have mantras when I go in the kitchen, I know how to go in there and not fall face first into all the food, walk out and win. But I get tired. And I thought, you know, I wanna, I wanna dig into this and find out if there's a way 
to rewire my relationship with food and the comfort that I get from it. So that's what we went into this session to talk about. So I'm going to tell you pretty much in depth what happened um, because it was incredibly powerful. So we started out just having a conversation where I explained to him what had happened, that this sadness had come up. And um, in talking about it, really realized that not only had I closed myself off to dating or to love, but I have constructed a very rigorous world for myself in which I control everything because it's safe, because I, I won't be sad if things don't take me by surprise and if I don't lose anything that matters to me. So when I make the rules and I control all the things, then I can't be at risk. Classic textbook, right? Like it's not like I'm the first person to do this, but I had no idea that's really what I was doing. I was framing it with things like, you know, I have to have an environment that is conducive to my lifestyle and, you know, routine gives me energy and I get what I want when I'm disciplined and my space is small and if someone comes in here and their energy doesn't vibe, that doesn't work for me and therefore, you know, they need to not be ever be here ever again and um, I feel best when I choose the schedule and that's just how I am and really, I've just become incredibly rigid so that nobody can hurt me. But the problem is, is that nobody can get to me. Um, it's kind of like this little thing I have behind me to hide the boot camp gear. <laughs> uh, a little walls. So I can put out all of the love and goodness that I want, that I control it. And then I don't let anybody in close enough because if they get in close and then I lose them, I will. I don't know that I can handle that. Honestly, I don't know if my heart can handle it. And it's happened in little little ways since I've gotten here. People have gotten really close to me and I've let my guard down and loved on them and let them become very important to me. And already, some of those people have gone out of my daily world. And it's so devastating. I, I, I find myself just walling back up. And I don't wanna be that way. I don't wanna be that way. I wanna let love in. I want to be able to rely on and accept love from others and rely on people. People rely on me and I love it. And I, I don't rely on other people in that way and I want to. So we did this, exper- this, this conversation um, where he invited me to let that, let that sadness out. And then um, I closed my eyes and just let that sadness wash over me and it was all encompassing. And he asked me, where I felt this feeling of sadness. And it, it was all over my body, my shoulders, my hands, my toes, my knees. I felt it in my gut. And then he asked me, if this feeling were a color, what color would it be? And it felt purple. And then he asked me, if it had eyes, what color would the eyes be? And they were brown. And then he said, if we had to put a name to this feeling, what would its name be? I said, well, I name everything Fred. <laughs> I do. I see a squirrel. Hi, Fred. I see uh, a turtle. Hi, Fred. Um, so the sadness was Fred. And then he asked me to put myself into a happy place. Imagine the most happy place that I could. Well, that was easy. Down there on the beach at boot camp, when all the beautiful souls are running into the water to high five each other after they've worked out with me. 
that's the happiest moments. Those are the happiest moments of my life. The joy, the joy is white. And I feel it right here. And its eyes are the color of the ocean. And her name is Angel. That is happy joy. And so to feel those two intense feelings of sadness and then joy was just this instant understanding of I can feel sadness and it's okay because I can choose to go and let joy and happiness wash over me. I'm not going to get stuck in sad. I don't have to live with sad. It's safe to let sadness sweep through me. And it was so powerful to let that sadness sweep through me. So then he had me, invited me to invite that purple in. And I tell you, I just saw it just coming in. And internally I was saying, I don't want you, I don't want you, I don't want you. And it came in anyway. And I wept and I felt it. I felt it in every inch of my body. Every inch of my body. And then he invited me to let the happiness in. And again, it was like seeing a wave of white and it just washed over me and that purple faded to lavender and then it was gone. And the euphoria in my soul and the lightness in my body was absolutely earth shattering. The green eyes of the ocean, the bright white light and it just radiating it in my chest. And it was so powerful and I just, I felt released. And the joy that I felt then was greater than any joy I had felt. I don't even know how long. And what I realized in that moment was letting that sadness out left room for more joy to come in. So me holding all this sadness and refusing to acknowledge it, refusing to let it flow in and out, meant that I was blocking up space that can be joyful and can love again so powerful and it's not like the work is done I'm gonna that sadness is gonna come and now I'm not afraid to feel sad because it's sad there are sad things that have happened to me and it's okay to acknowledge it and to give it space and to spend a little time with it so then we had a little more conversation and it was like all right it's time to be hypnotized, which is funny because that whole process was basically hypnosis. I didn't realize it. Didn't know that's what we were doing. Um, and so it's the stereotypical, lay down, get comfortable. He basically just talked me into deep relaxation, starting with my breath through my body until I was just very relaxed. And um, we decided to visit me as a little girl. And so in my mind, he walked me to a happy place. Imagine a happy, warm, safe place where absolutely everything is possible and nothing can hurt you. And so I was in this beautiful wooded area that was ethereal and beautiful. And I saw in the distance this figure sitting on a chair. And I approached her and her back was to me. And I walked around the front of her and it was me. 
And he said to, you know, how old is she? And immediately I saw myself at age, I think she was about 11. There's a picture that I saw in my head. It was a JCPenney photo. And I remember going to have my pictures taken that day and thinking I looked pretty and then getting those pictures back and being appalled at what I looked like. That is who was in the chair. And he asked me what she was doing. And she was eating sandwiches as fast as she could, shoving them in. Bread was falling down. She was just stuffing her mouth with sandwiches. And I asked her, what is she feeling? What are you feeling? And she started talking with her mouth full, saying, nobody will play with me. Nobody wants to talk to me. I'm so lonely. Rachel doesn't want to play with me. Nobody wants to color with me. Nobody wants to roller skate. I'm all alone. I'm all alone. Nobody wants to play with me. I'm fat. I'm getting fat. That's not good. Nobody likes a fat person. I'm getting fat. I'm fatter than Rachel. I'm going to be fat. I'm going to be fat. Nobody wants to play with me. So then he said, talk to her. Comfort her. Give her what she needs. And so I talked to her. And I said, guess what? We build a really amazing life. I built you an amazing life. You don't have to eat sandwiches anymore. We're going to have so much fun. We're going to have fake boobs. And we're going to be pretty. And we're going to win. And I just kept saying that to her. We're going to win. We're going to win. You're going to be beautiful. And you're going to be strong. And you're going to have everything you ever wanted. And you're going to live on the beach. And you're going to have boobs. <laughs> and you're going to be powerful. We win. You don't have to eat sandwiches anymore. I'll play with you. I'll color with you. You're fun. I love you. You're super funny. And you're super fun. I want to spend time with you. I'll spend time with you. You don't have to eat sandwiches anymore. You don't have to eat sandwiches anymore. And then he said, give her a gift. So I handed her a balloon on a string, a helium balloon. She dropped all the sandwiches and she took the balloon and she just looked at me. She's so excited. And I told her that balloon, it might turn purple. But it's okay. Because then it'll turn white. And then it'll be any color you want. Just hang on to the balloon. You don't have to eat sandwiches anymore. You stay right here. And I'm going to go build us an amazing life. I'm going to build us an amazing life. It's going to be so exciting. You are going to love everything about what I do. And then he said, she's going to get really small. So, so small that she fits in the palm of your hand. And we're going to put her right here. In your heart where she's safe. And nothing can hurt her. And she's not lonely because she has you who's building her an amazing life and who's going to play with her. And I told her that. I'm going to play with you. I'm going to talk to you. You don't have to eat sandwiches anymore. You're not alone. You're not alone. And that was it. And he woke me up. And I just laid there feeling the glow of Chrissy. And it's so funny because that picture, that JCPenney picture, that look on her face has always been one that made me cringe and made me sad. And now I see it differently. That look is her saying, I know what's coming. I'm waiting. Chrissy is building me an amazing life.
I'm just going to wait for her. I'm going to wait for her. I don't have to be afraid. I don't have to eat sandwiches anymore. She has a knowing look. She's going to win. She's going to win. She's going to be skinnier than her sister. <laughs> I just kept saying that. It's so funny because I don't really care about that now, but as, a, as that age, my sister and I wore the same size until all of a sudden I got fat. We couldn't wear the same size and then I was fat and she was just smaller and that's how it was. Until I was 400 pounds and she was, you know, a healthy weight. And so for me to look at her and say, someday you're going to be skinnier than your sister. It was like, what? That little girl lit up so big on that chair. She didn't even think about sandwiches anymore. She had her balloon, which is interesting because I got this balloon tattoo a long, long time ago to represent a period of time in my life. And I love it. And I love balloons. And I fold balloon art. And I've recently started folding balloons and handing them out as much as I can. And it gives me so much joy. And so I gave little Chrissy a balloon. She's right here. She doesn't have to eat sandwiches anymore. It's so powerful. I, uh, the session was 50 minutes, five zero. It felt like 10. It was the fastest, like it felt like no time at all. And all of this was so incredibly real and so emotional and so beautiful and, and loving to, to go back in my own mind and have a conversation with that little girl. I know her, I am her. She doesn't have to eat sandwiches anymore. It's just so empowering. What a beautiful experience and to think that I was told to never allow these types of things or that this is evil and terrible. No, this is healing. This was healing. This is something that I never could have done on my own. And I'm not, I'm not so, so naive to think like I'm never going to struggle with food ever again. But I feel like I have this, this mechanism now. Like I have my scared little girl self right here. I don't have to eat anything anymore to feel safe, to feel loved. When I, when I am done in a group of people and I'm, I'm coaching them and I'm listening to their stories and I'm giving up my heart, I want to help. I want to help so much. I want to change every life I come in contact with. It is the strongest raging inferno of passion in my belly. I want you. I want to show you your power. And I put that into it. And then when that conversation or that group call is over, I am exhausted. I've put it all out. And I'm empty. And the first thing that I want to do is eat. I want to comfort me with food. And I feel like this tool means she's always with me. I can give and give and give of myself, but I still have her. I'm not empty. I have my power right here. I don't need to go and eat sandwiches. I don't need to go and do anything. I'm never empty. I'm never depleted. My power is right here. And I took it and I put her right here. Put her right back here where she belongs. And she's safe. I'm safe. I don't need to compensate for anything with sandwiches or donuts or any of those things. I don't have to. And I hope I never forget it. I hope I never forget who lives right here. It's me. And she's adorable. She does like to roller. She used to like to roller skate and now... Uh, we got scared of roller skating because we fall down a lot. So anyway, so that was my hypnosis experience. Um, it was beautiful. It was powerful. I'm still basking 
in the power of it. Um, I don't have a moral of the story, except uh, if you've never tried it and you're curious about it, uh, my recent experience says you should do it. But obviously, I think I think you have to be ready for it. I mean, I definitely wouldn't have been ready for this six months ago. And um, the person, this 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 amazing therapist um, from Go, I resonated with his energy. He's just a beautiful soul with a kind, gentle heart. And I mean, I could just feel, I could just feel it. I know that sounds floofy and um, fluffy, but I mean, I feel like you can you can feel other people's energies. And so I gave myself to the experience completely and I'm forever changed. It was beautiful. So that was my hypnosis experience. And um, I encourage you, even if you don't get hypnotized, I think there's a lot of power in visualizing yourself at ages. You know, I've done that. I did this the other day in one of my groups. Visualize yourself as a baby and talk to her. You know, like, oh, you're so cute. You're so nice. You're a good girl, right? And then at age seven, it's like, you're a good girl. You you are so smart. You are so sweet. You, I mean, I talk to her. I'm like, you pet puppies with such love. Um, you're such a good girl. Everybody smiles when they see you. And then when I pictured that 13-year-old chubby girl, everything changed in my heart, and I just wanted to comfort her. And I feel like I got to go back and do that. So I encourage you to do that. Picture yourself at some pivotal ages in your life. And go back and talk to yourself. Comfort, inspire, encourage the child, the baby, the teenager inside of you. It's powerful. That's all I have for you. Hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for joining me here on the podcast. If you have questions, comments, feedback for me, I'd love to hear from you. You can email me at Kristen at kristensmithonline.com. Also follow me on Instagram, realkristensmith. I hope you will share this podcast directly with someone that might enjoy it. And if you're like me, you want to just say, hey, listen to this podcast, but I encourage you to actually send a link to this podcast to the person that you're referring. People are more likely to actually click on a link, not have to do any work in order to follow your recommendation. Thanks so much for sharing, subscribing, liking. Don't forget to follow me on YouTube. You can find me there and you can find the video of this podcast under Coach Kristen Smith on YouTube.